All right, welcome back. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> Yay. I, we're never, I don't think there's ever going to be a good start to the podcast. Maybe one day we'll get so good at this that we'll know how to introduce at least ourselves or the podcast. <laughs> Something. I don't know. Just I'm not holding out for we're it. We're back. Here we are. Here we are. Welcome are we to Crack the Ceiling Podcast. Oh. Fuck, we don't have a can. Again. We never have the can. We don't have the can. I did have the can noise from the last... Well, I have the intro recorded. We have a can. We have an intro recorded that I'll just loop in there. We did, and that's what we'll do. I'm Tiff Waldron, Pink Boots Society Australia President, Certified Cicerone, and Beer Educator. And I'm Lindsay Gregg, a Certified Cicerone, Professional Snack Queen, and Brewer. And we're here to explore the people and conversations that aren't always front and center of the beer industry. You're listening to Crack the Ceiling Podcast. We are at a pub. Not just a pub. We're at a brew pub. We're at a brewery. A functioning brewery. A real live brewery. A real live brewery. (laughs) With a real live guest today. It's insane. We're not just in Tiff's apartment. (laughs) We don't even have a dog in the room. There's not a dog here, which to be honest, that's that's probably a downgrade. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a little sad. Um, But yes, we are here with a guest today. Yeah. Do you want to introduce? Do you want to (laughs) introduce? You should introduce. All right. So today we're here with Jackie Sacco from Co-Conspirators Brewery. Jackie, welcome. Welcome. Hi, Jackie. Hi. <laughs> I'm always very intimidated in doing podcasts, but I know you two very well. You're making me very, um, it's very, very funny, which is great. <laughs> and uh, we're sitting so close together, Tiff and I. Yes. <laughs> we're like your adoring parent. Should get a photo for the Watching Instagram. Watching you perform on the microphone. <laughs> yes. Yay. Yay. We are <laughs> precisely a forks distance apart. Um, Jackie, welcome to the pod. Uh, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself for anyone who doesn't know who you are, which is pretty sad. Yeah. Oh, thanks. So, um, Enlighten them and us. Well, I'm one of four co-directors of Kogan Spirit's Brewing Company. Um, we are a brew pub in Brunswick, in Victoria, for all your interstate listeners. Um, we've been operating as a gypsy brewer for the last six and a half years, and the brew pub is almost about to turn one in December, which is very, Holy very crap. exciting. Is yep. it? Yeah. Really? Yes. Wild. I know. It feels like yesterday we were here for the opening. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. One year. One year old. Congratulations. Thank you. Lots of exciting things for the birthday coming up soon. Ooh. 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 So stay tuned because we don't know what they are yet. And now I'm excited and probably going to poke you for what they are as soon as we're done recording. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's really exciting. A year. So... Uh, how did you get into beer? Why are you in beer? What happened? Very interesting story. Um, so my lovely partner, Tim, uh, homebrewed uh, very earlier in our relationship. Um, and he just sort of got into it. I drank beer. I was always drank beer and just enjoyed drinking it. And um, so I got to drink his homebrew. And then um, he was one of the founding members of the Mary Masher's homebrew um, ah, homebrew club. Right. And he was probably about 10 of them to start with. And now they're, I don't know, I think they've 200, 200 members yeah, now. It's yeah. It's like the largest homebrew club in yeah. Victoria for sure. Uh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I think, well, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. It's a big, big, big crew, big crew. And then we met, um, he met Maggie and Dion 
through Mary Mashes and um, they homebrewed together. So I I have to officially say I've never brewed beer in my life. You've never homebrewed? Never homebrewed. I just drank a lot Even of during all of this, you yeah. weren't getting drug along to meetings. You didn't decide to like show up and Yeah, it was funny because everyone goes, oh, you know, why don't you come? Like even when we sort of started the co-conspirator stuff and I'm like, no, that's Tim's thing. And <laughs> that was his t- time away from life and then I had um, netball so I was playing and doing all that stuff with netball or whatever and that was my time away from him but everyone used to say you should come I'm like no sorry that's his thing and they want to get involved in that because you know and then it turned turned into a career and that sort of thing but uh, so yeah Tim met with me and Dion Um, Tim won a homebrew comp with a red IPA Megan Dion won a homebrew comp with a red IPA, we heard in the grapevine that they wanted to start a company. We kind of wanted to start a company. We met for a beer and that's how it started, really. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly seven, six and a half, seven years ago. So that's pretty much how it started. Yeah, right. The birth story of co Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 2016 is when we launched the company. So, wow. so you guys just kind of like dove on it and you won yep. some medals. And they were like, hey, we want to do this. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So um, and what were you doing at the time? What was your job? What was your income? Because uh, everybody was just working full yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, we only, the four of us only really transitioned full time only in the last 12 months. So so I'm, I was working in hospitality as a business development manager in hotels. <laughs> so that's where my sales and marketing background came from. And then, um, so Tim's a registered nurse. Um, for people who play at home. And Maggie and Dion are both paramedics. So we were all doing that as well as running a brewery at the same time. And I only finished during COVID. I was only working two, three days a week. Um, Maggie and Dion were still working as ambulance officers, obviously. That would have been hard. Very hard. Yeah. Um, Tim was working... For the Department of Health and the COVID response team. Wow. <laughs> so um, we were all working and running a business and building a brewery and a brew pub all during COVID, which is really interesting. But, yeah, we were doing that right up until I think I finished the, at the hotel in July of last year. So, yeah, I still don't know how we did it, but we did it. We did it. So it is what it is. But <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and then decided to – Join the board of Pink Boots just at the same at time. At the same time, yeah. Don't know what I was thinking. What's what's your role on the Pink Boots board? Uh, it's like the longest. It's <laughs> events and communications coordinator. Is that correct? Tim? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, something right. like that. I cool. do all the social media. I know you've plan. Yeah. 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 And so basically, you- all of the things that tell people what's going on. Yeah. That's what I do. And I and I'm. And state coordinators, which I'm going to pass on to you. You're going to be managing them. Yeah, that's great. Welcome to the Pink Boots Boy, Lindsay. Yeah, thank Exciting. you. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, it's been a busy few years, you could say so. But uh, never thought I will have a career in beer, and I have, and it's great because I meet lovely people like you too, and <laughs> um, and it's a really embracing industry where hospitality and hotels are very cutthroat. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I was in hotels for 
nearly 20 years, so in different roles, wow. different roles. Yeah. Never thought I would do that. I always wanted to work in hospitality, but, um, yeah, it didn't. Sales just kind of gravitated to me, towards me and kind of took on that role with the beer, with the brewery. So um, doing a lot of marketing and events and PR and festival organizing and all that stuff. So is that kind of what your day-to-day role kind of involves here at CoCon? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my role is operations manager, but it's very flexible at the moment. Like um, I'm, I'm repping at the moment, so yep. I'm out on the road. Uh, which sales repping. Sales repping. Um, so um, Maggie oh, and I are hitting the pavement at the moment while we look for sales reps. So if anyone's out there that wants a sales rep job, reach out. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's um, – it's whatever the business needs. It's, we're all sort of crossover. Um, you'll see at least one of us behind the bar, um, at events, whatever, because we've always crossed over. Yeah. Yeah. I think the hardest thing was hiring staff to do stuff because then you had to, all four of us had to let go. Yeah. Right. Of your baby, really. Of your, ba- right. of your, ba- of your baby. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just been the four of us. So. Yeah. yeah. So what, how many staff do you have now here at CoCon? We have six eight eight um and consisting of um front of house staff venue manager and brewer mm, yeah does uh, that include casuals or is that yeah, just full-time? including casuals that includes, yeah right. yeah so um so eight small. plus the four of you plus four of us right. so, yeah yeah so that's yeah it's tiny 12 10 to 12 people which is Tiny. Um, obviously, we, we include Clint, our designer, in our team. <laughs> he's he's kind of one of us. He's been uh, here since the beginning. Since the beginning. Um, so, yeah, we're still a really, you know, people, I think sometimes people think that we're a lot bigger than what we really are mm, when yep. we're, we're not really. So how has it been building a team from scratch, essentially? Yeah, yeah. coming, especially coming right yeah. out of COVID. Yeah. It's, it, we've been pretty lucky with staffing. Um, we pretty much have the majority of the original front of house team than what we started with, which is mm. great. But like I'm talking to Joanna, our venue manager, who's been in venue manager and bar roles for many years. Like you put a casual job ad in and you get like a hundred applications and you might interview like, you know, you know, you 10%, 20% of that. You know, our first run of casual staff we probably got like 30 applications, wow. which is not a, which is very Nothing. low in comparison. Yeah. And that would have been just coming out of that last round of lockdown. Yeah. So it was yeah. Very open. We started sort of, we, we recruited Joanna, our venue manager and Olmo, our brewer through teams. Like we didn't have, we couldn't do face to face interviews. Uh, we had, a, we had, we knew them through the industry anyway, so it was we knew of them and they knew of us, which was quite an easier um, process. But um, yeah, through the um, through the front of house time, it, it was a, it was it, it was very um, a lot less. We had we had good quality applicants, but not a lot of applicants, which uh, I'm sure every hospitality venue could agree to. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, we have a really great team. We've had a few more people join us during the year. Uh, we had a few going away on holidays, and they've come back, which is great. 
So yeah, no, we it's been quite good, and like you know, it's we have a really good split. You know, it's fifty fifty gender, which is great, and it just worked out that way. It wasn't. Um, we had a lot of female applicants for front of house, which is great, you know. Um, Do you think that it's maybe driven by the fact that there's two women co-owners, directors of the business that might drive more talented women to apply here? Yeah, because you guys are, you aren't quiet and you're not behind, like you're not in the background, right? Like yeah. you're very much front facing. Like it's always been the four yeah. in the front and at events and everything else. I'm not. So you're very visible. I'm not sure if it was. I mean, should ask them if that was the case. <laughs> I don't think I ever asked them when they I, when they interviewed, but it could be. Like, it's probably it, one of those subconscious things, really. Maybe, yeah. Because if you think about brew pub staff, in the rest of Melbourne, I would say you'd be hard to find another quite diverse split. Yeah. Probably than you would here. That's interesting. So I wonder if there is some sort of subconscious decision making in that. Hmm. Maybe. A safer workplace. Well, you can't be what you can't see. And mm. if if you're going into a job or if you want to get into beer, there's nothing more intimidating than yeah. walking into a business that you know it's all men in the forefront yeah. and it's men interviewing you and it's men behind the bar and like when nobody looks like you yeah, or when you don't feel like anyone else there kind of represents what you are then that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, I mean ultimately we always have at least one of each on staff behind the bar at one hmm. time like there's it's or even like even ne- like more female stuff behind the bar which is which by by all means not intentional it just you know they were the right people for the job at the right time so that was that was really good so i wonder if that makes it also um a more welcoming space for your customers as well like for yeah. the consumers that come through here and i'm just thinking in my head now i had a conversation with another brewery owner two weeks ago and he was telling me how his staff is also 50-50 split and it's a very a very welcoming brand, a very welcoming beer and space. And I'm thinking now, well, maybe there is something to that. Mm. And it's, you know, it's the kind of beer that you would see more women drinking for sure. And yep. so I'm just thinking maybe there is something to having making sure that your front of house staff is also really diverse to welcome. Yeah. Make more people feel comfortable in your tap room. Even. Yeah. And I guess our space is very different because we really cater for different different audiences because we obviously with our beer it's our beer is very crafty um and we sort of reach the boundaries on on certain styles um but we do have easygoing drinking and we have families and functions and um you know of course like people that we either it's it's a funny thing we always talk about functions and getting more functions in and the, the type of functions we get is one or two one one year old or two year old parties yeah. or 30th and 40th birthdays <laughs> nothing really in between um right. so you've got to kind of and i think we cater for that because you know if you if the people here on a sunday with at the one-year-old birthday you know they just want easy drinking and doing Sunday vibes and that sort of thing. And then the 40- a nice 3% Berliner Weiss, like the one I have. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And delicious. I had the 3.1% lager earlier. It was also delicious. Thank you. Really good. Um, we have to, the, the brewery space is very much, the brew pub space is very much catered in sort of kind of designed it in different sections and family area. We're sitting out in the beer garden and um, yeah, it's, it's, you've got to kind of cater for that. So, and I think maybe 
a diverse a diverse um, staffing kind of helps that. I think that there's just so much data and analysis around having diverse decision makers, which would be because there's four of you at the helm essentially making every decision. And so that diverse, diverse decision making affects everything else that comes down and everything else that people see. Yeah. I think ultimately there, it was very subconscious if that was the case because um, we just had a whole bunch of really great people that applied and they happened to be more women than there were men at the time, which is quite a, a good thing, right? You know, you would think it would be the opposite, but, yeah, it was good. I mean, I think even in our management team, our brewer and our venue manager, one's male, one's female, and that, that just happened to be like that, you know. How has it been managing a hospitality venue in this post-COVID <laughs> world? Yep. Yeah. Post post COVID Melbourne world. <laughs> how, how? Yeah. How has that been going for you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, look, it's it's definitely picking up now. Like the weather's getting better. Besides from floods uh, and wet weather, um, it's a lot warmer. People are coming through. People want to drink it, drink beer, and go out and do things. The thing is, we've only been open for 12 months. I've got nothing to compare it with. Yeah, valid, because this yeah. is kind of all you know now, right? Yeah, and, and the problem is, like, when we look back this time next year, you can't compare it because it's, like, post-COVID. I mean, yeah. we should be post, post, post-COVID by yeah. then. But, um, I mean, like, feedback from people that we know in the industry is, like, it's been the worst year ever for hospitality. Mm. Worst year ever. Not even just hospitality, but even retail you know lots of retailers also talking about how it's been a bad year for them yeah which is in comparison to the last few years where retail liquor wholesalers did very well yeah yeah <laughs> but you know overall you know for considering we're in, i think the benefits are new business new new venue people want to come and see you which is great and i think that's really helped us so yeah, it's been it's been interesting. So, but it'll be interesting in the next twelve months to kind of compare what what happens because we've got a lot of plans for expansion in the next year, two years. So, we'll see what happens. Watch your space. It's very Watching. exciting. Yeah, um, I do have a question, Jackie. Coming from the hotel world, how did you find the transition into the beer world and? How was, I mean, I know you said that like hotel is quite competitive, but other than that, is there anything that kind of made you cringe coming into the beer world or was it genuinely just a happy? <laughs> it, uh, um, beer was a lot more open. Yeah. Like you can talk to your competitor and get information or help. Yeah. Or if you're starting out, like when we it's started collaborative. out. Yeah. So collaborative. When we starting out, we had... We didn't know what we were doing. Like, like really, we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, who does, really? No, no, no one does, right? Doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. No, exactly. And, you know, people like um, uh, Scotty or Renee from Wolf of the Willows, um, Brendo, who's now at Bad Shepherd, who was at Public Brewing. He helped us out because that's where we did our first brew. All these people um, helping out telling what you need to do, what you need to organise. Being open books, really. Yeah. Like nothing's a secret. Yeah. Where hotels, so secretive. Everything keeps everything to themselves. Mm. And I remember like cold calling 
other hotels for pricing. Like it's a normal thing, right? And then like and then you know when someone's do when someone's doing it to you, I'm like, that email address doesn't exist. You know what's the pricing from from me? So yeah, it's it's very different in that way. And people want to talk and share experiences and which is not what I'm used to in my previous life. Yeah, I think that that's another thing that draws so many people to the beer world, though, as well. Like, as much as on here we do talk about a lot of the things that we wish would change, and Mm -hmm. there are definitely some blaring problems, one of the things I know for me personally that is so incredible about beer is just how collaborative and open and, like, genuinely passionate about something, and they want to help others Mm -hmm. most most people in the business are. Yeah. Most mm-hmm. people in the independent beer business, especially, are, are very open about, yeah. I just did this and I want to help you do it Absolutely. because if you succeed, we all succeed. I guess it's karma. Like, you know, you want to, someone does it to you and then we've got people that are starting out have reached out to us and we just, yeah. we want to reciprocate that because that's what happened to us when we first started. So, yeah. 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 Good karma. Lots of pay it forward going on and sharing things around. And I think, it's really interesting talking about collaborations because I think you see all these new breweries opening and everybody starts by doing collaboration brews. Yeah. Well, it's such a good way to learn from everyone else, but like have a fun day and do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we did a, um, so uh, if no one knows, Clint Weaver, he's our graphic designer, uh, and we did a, a festival of all his beer brands, us, um, Bright, uh, Two Rupees, Brumanity, Greedy, greedy Bear Meadery, um, they haven't actually started producing beer, uh, producing mead yet. They've just sort of, I think they've started like within the last week or so, but it was great sort of to do, share that information with and yeah. do social media together and, yeah, and to work with Brumatity, which are kind of on a different scale to us, are so quite a lot larger mm. um, and how they do things in like, you know, bring their whole team and they've got a marketing manager and, you know, that sort of stuff, which is cool because it's yeah. a di- different sort of thing that we, we, what we would do. So yeah, it's, it is good to do that sort of stuff. So yeah. yeah. And it's such a, com- I mean, in that sense, it's really community yes. and it's really cool that you've kind of built that community as well with those specific brands and especially yeah. connecting you by a designer. I think that's really interesting, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it was a really cool day. Yeah. Um, we had like food by Caitlin. Yeah. yeah. Caitlin's amazing. Which I'm sure Tiff knows, knows her well. Oh, we uh, both know her. Oh, do you? It's all the Americans. All Americans know, know each all other Americans. in Victoria. Does all the Americans know each other? <laughs> if you're in beer or hospitality in some sense, or if like, yeah, if you're really passionate about what you're doing and you're an American, chances are we're going to know you. Well, she's amazing and she's if it incredible. was great. Yeah, that's really, um, it is really cool that the community has been built around like that event is built around a designer so. yeah yeah it was total hipster right like you it's know we so had a, cool yeah it was really great and it was all, we had a local brunswick barber that was doing free haircuts for proceeds to go in the rspca and that cute. was awesome it was really cute it was a good event well i do have one question <laughs> what is the favorite beer that you make what's your favorite cocon beer oh wheelman raspberry goza oh. yeah that's good that would be my choice too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What's your favorite? That's probably my choice. I actually really like that. Part of it is because I always have to drive over here. And so I'm like, yes, delicious. Three percent. Mm. Yeah. So many good characters on the cans, though. Yeah. Yeah. You, when you walk into the brew pub, all the cans are all sitting up on the ledge. 
on the steel girder. I feel really embarrassed to admit that I did not notice that. Yeah, so. it's, it's hard to see. But <laughs> I'm gonna go look. It's actually Clint's um, stash. He's collected every single one. Aww. We haven't even done that. Well, should we take a break? Grab a beer. Take a break. Grab a, grab grab a beer. Use the word. Mushy brain. Mushy brain. Um, yes. Take a break. Grab a beer. And do some blind tasting and we're when we get do back. Blind tasting, yeah. Well, it's coming back. Oh, we haven't done it in a while. Ages. Really long time. Yeah, great. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna do something kooky. And we're back. Is that your commercial voice? No. Well, maybe. No, we'll never know. And today, no, this is my news announcer voice. Anyway, we're back. We're Yay! still at CoCon. We're still at CoCon. We've still got Jackie. Jackie's still here. Say yeah. hi, Jackie. Hi, Jackie. <laughs> so Jackie's gone because we're in the beer garden at CoCon, which is like back a bit far away because we're playing trivia in the brewery. Today. We legit cannot awesome. see the bar. Um, we can't see anything. Jackie, don't, Jackie went in and let her staff choose yep. our blind tasting beer. So do, do you know what it is? Yes. Okay. Would have been more fun if you didn't. Yeah. Uh, write it down on a... Yeah, maybe. Next time we'll think of next these time. things. Next time. We'll get so much more organized. <laughs> All right. So I'm looking at it. It's like a lovely orange, a little bit of haze. A little bit of haze. It's a little tiny bubbles. I haven't smelled it yet. Me either. Haven't even smelt it. It's a very cute small glass, though. I like oh, these it's a glasses. Glass. They're so yeah, good. They're very cute. Okay. Um, so. There's quite a bit of haze. It does have. It does have like a paler, paler orange, pale orange, pale copper, pale copper, light copper, light hazy copper color. A little bit of haze. All right. Are you smelling? We shouldn't smell it at the same time because then nobody has anything to listen to but our noses. How much we hate mouth and nose noises. <laughs> okay, so I'm getting quite a Jackie, bit. tell us a story while we smell this thing. No, well, I'm getting quite a bit of Esther. So Janelle, our supervisor, has picked this beer. So I'm picked picking up some maybe fun Belgian yeast, perhaps. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm going some as Belgian well. Belgian character. So. It's like citrusy and Belgian-y. And by Belgian, I mean spicy. Yeah, there's some, there's some like clove, like phenolics in there. Some phenolics. And there's definitely a little bit of like a fruity ester as well. Um, some side fruit, mm, some mm. caramel, some, some gentle caramel notes. Now, right off the bat, I could make a guess on color I didn't and at, aroma. I didn't look at what was on tap. I so. didn't either, really. I walked in and I was like, ooh, a 3.1% lager. I, I knew what I wanted. That. And then Jackie got me the... Berliner because I didn't even look at the menu. I just saw a little yeah. BB lager and I was like, yeah. Um, so right off the bat, what my guess visually, I would say it was like a Belgian double. Ooh. Or like a beer de garde. Or a Belgian IPA even. Wow. With a... Mm, yep. Belgian, Belgian, Belgian. Lindsay, use words other than Belgian. Well, what does Belgian <laughs> taste like? The only thing that would keep me from saying double is it's not got a ton of alcohol in it. Or at least if there is, it's real hidden. Yeah, but I think that that's adding, that might be adding to the mouthfeel of it. Mm. It has a lovely dry finish. I like love it's, how it's you guys quite, taste beer. It's great. I'm just, I'm just very intrigued. I'm really, really into the aroma though. Yeah. It's delightful. Like a Belgian pale style. Because I'm going to go with low ABV on this. Ah, uh, it's so bready. It's so like, it is so like bread crust. 
on the yes. finish, like a really sweet bread crust, like a like a darker bread crust, not like not like that white bread bread crust, um, like a sourdough bread crust. Mm, yeah, like a like a deeper. Mm, interesting. Or like a wheat bread uh, bread yeah. crust, or like pumpernickel bread crust. Mm. Oh. Pumpernickel. It's it's really like pumpernickel. It's really caramelly. It's really like um, it's like caramel with a little bit of. It could also be a dunkle vice. Oh, it could be a dunkle vice. Really, could be a dunkle vice. Yep, I like that. I like th- this road you've gone down. It's the right color because it's the carbonation. Right yeah, it's got a little more sweetness sitting on the finish than you would get from a Dougal. I'm. I like this dunkle vison. Or a Hefeweizen even. It's maybe not even dark enough for a Dunkelweizen. It's a little dark for a Hefeweizen. I, I'm going to say, yeah. Mm, man. I'm going to say don't. Mm, I'm, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. The clove, the clove character is quite strong. There is a little bit of banana in there as well, mm. like on the aroma, which is what's pushy, pushing me more towards. It is very Hugarden-esque. Mm. Which would go down with beer then. Man, that's I, I find that's quite hard for me. Um so 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 they, they did make it very hard for you. I, I I would say it was a dunkle vice. Um I there is there is alcohol there, Tiff. I feel it. I feel it on the back of my palate. There is alcohol there. So but that could be okay for a dunkle vice as well. I can't remember the specific ABV range for a dunkle vice, but I think <laughs> it can go up to like maybe six percent or seven percent. I also would say a Belgian Dougal. I don't know. Um, or maybe just a nondescript Abbey Ale. <laughs> Because, you know, that can cover a lot of things. Well, you see Abiel, that covers like 12 styles. Yeah. That's a cheat. Um, I, Maybe t- we are Coke on these two. <laughs> <laughs> Tiff, what, what's your guess? No, I'm going to suck on this like bubblegummy note I'm getting now. Yeah, it is there too. I'm going to go half of Eisen. You're going Dunkle Vice. You're doing just half. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sticking with Dunkle Vice because there's still a lot of like sweet caramel, like right. caramel. Candied notes in there. You ready? Um, oh, <laughs> I, I can I can I say? Yeah, go right. It's a four and a half percent Rogan beer. Really? Oh, yes. Fucking a. <laughs> so we did this beer for Oktoberfest. We did a Hefeweizen as well, um, but we did this with a collaboration with the bakery. So, so it's got rye. Rye, the rye is there. there. The rye is right. So I'm I'm not really familiar. You probably can fill in the view the listeners um, on what a Rogan beer is, but oh, it was the first Lord. Rogan beer. Rogan, Rogan beer. That I have ever had. I am. So, hang I, on just a moment. I am going to look the style up too. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I looked style this guides. up recently. It's principally a variation on the Bison theme, um, according to beerandbrewing.com. So it's principally a variation on the Bison theme, but instead of wheat, they use rye. Yep. yep. So it's like a rye half of Bison. So BJCP says it's a dunkle Bison. Made with rye rather than wheat. Yep. Yeah, right. So we but put rye bodies and light The spiciness then in it, like that. That's the rye. I mean, it's the rye in there that gives it the spice. There's a lot of um, man. Well, and it's cooked rye because it's mm. bread. That's mm. it. So it's cooked rye. So you get even more of the carameliness yeah. from it. So we had rye malt going in, 
and we put because we did a so Backhouse Bakery is a German bakery that we did the collab with for yeah. Oktoberfest, and they gave us I don't know I think it was ten to twenty loaves of rye bread, so we chucked that in the, into the. So you were like, rip some off, have breakfast with the rest of Yeah, it was great. It was good fun, but ripping up, chucking it in there. <laughs> but um, yeah, we did a Brunswick Oktoberfest, and we had. Beer from Foreigner, Inner North, Temple, Alchemy, um, Gale Street, um, and us. And we all had our own beer. I think we had like events and. Yeah, Oktoberfest was massive this year. Yeah, it was great. They did things. Tim was at the front with his brother cooking um, Oktoberfest snags. snags and sauerkraut and we did that on the first. So yeah, that's Rogan beer. Rogan, that's a Rogan beer. That's a that Rogan is, beer. it's not a style you see a lot of. Um, no, I think only King River Brewing makes them. <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh. I didn't even know that. They, um, oh, did they win another goal? Yeah, right. It's a very, very good beer. Yeah, we had that. It's intensely malty, though, compared to this one. Yeah. And much higher in ABV. Yeah. Um, this is really delightful. Yeah. But good. yeah, a very hard one. It's like literally a historical beer pick, style. It was so hard. <laughs> I didn't pick the beers so that you need to blend in. You were in. right at a Dunkelweiss. It, just, it essentially is a Dunkelweiss with rye. Yeah. You were all, you were there. Woo! Quite wet. Advanced Cicerone, here I come. Tiff. Um, are we doing it? <laughs> yeah, we should. If we do it together and podcast it, is it a tax write-off, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> we don't make money on the podcast. So I don't think you can... Of what? No. I don't know. Somehow they're... All right, something. we'll figure out a way. No. <laughs> um, right, Jackie. And what is your hopes for the future of beer? Um, God, that's pretty deep. For Thursday night. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but what are your hopes? You know, like what what do you what do you see in the industry that is inspiring, and and where do you hope to see it go and grow in the next? Oh, interesting. I can see. I, I mean, I've, I've spoken to Tiff about this a lot. Um, when we first started out, it was pretty hard because yes, women in beer was was is still a bit of a more of a foreign thing, but. Seven, nearly seven years ago, it was a lot worse. Yeah, I know. You know, I can tell you the stories of Tim and I doing tastings together, and men just completely gravitate to Tim and and ignoring you, ignoring you, ignoring us. Um, And Maggie would say the same thing if she was there with Dion. But I, I don't get it as much anymore. But I don't know if that's because we're the brand is a bit more well known and. And people know us in the industry. People, industry people know who we are. But that's probably my main goal is that everyone can just be happy and just drink beer and don't have to be gender biased or anything. And just yeah. gender bias, not anything. Like yeah. it's just beer. It's a beverage. It has no beer. Has no gender. Has no, no gender. It has no political leaning. It is genuinely just something you drink. Yeah, and enjoy, and it's meant to be enjoyed. Absolutely. It's for everyone. Yeah. I mean, being a European, coming from a European family, we we drink alcohol at a bit of a younger <laughs> age. Like, why? Well, you know, dad used to give us a little bit of... In your bottle? Tipple. <laughs> <laughs> a tipple. Um, I, I look at my 16-year-old niece and she's getting to that age where alcohol's being experimented on and understanding it and just trying to teach young kids when they're able to legally drinks is that it's not a bad thing it's enjoyable and you shouldn't and you can have fun with it and but also enjoy it enjoy it like 
Think about it. Taste it. Experience it. Don't just take shots just to get drunk. It's about quality, not quantity. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about jungle juice in a cooler with soaked fruit and a bunch of sugar and... 101. <laughs> My college years would disagree. But. <laughs> or a bit of um, passion pop now and again. That's what I was doing in that 18 year old. I really actually need to get one of those. I've oh, you one. don't. You don't. You don't. It's just sugary, sparkling water. water. Yeah. And it's drinking without wax. thinking as well, I think. Yeah. You know, hopefully the younger generation, they seem a lot more in tune with everything that's going on in yeah. the world. So hopefully they're more in tune with the world of flavor is endless and it's an easy pleasure to explore. Yeah, got a bit deep there, but yeah, let's um, <laughs> just have fun. Well, thank you, Jackie. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast and yes. letting us crash your brewery. And yes, anytime. The delicious beers, as and usual. Taking your time out of your hectic schedule right now because I know you're also on the road in addition <laughs> to all your other duties. So thank you very much. No worries. This has actually been really fun. Oh, yeah. So. Um, where can we find you? Co-conspirators Brew Pub, 377 Victoria Street, Brunswick. Um, you can find us on uh, two Instagrams, co-conspirators beer or co-conspirators underscore brew pub. Perfect. That's excellent. Where can we find you, Linz? You can find me at TalkBeardy to me. That's all I say, right? Where can we find you, Tiff? You can find me at Beer Girl Bites on all the things. And you can find us at Crack the Ceiling Podcast on Instagram and crack the ceiling podcast at gmail.com for our email. Yes. If you want to email us, you should email us. We don't get many emails. (laughs) We still don't get any emails. I didn't even know our email address. It turns out until this week. So (laughs) it's a good thing. One of us knew what it was. (laughs) Um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Yep. Keep going. <laughs> we also need to sign up. We really need to sign up. Yeah, we really need to keep that. going. going. <laughs> oh, okay. See All you right. next time on the crack. No, no.